Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Father Mitch Paquin. Welcome to EWTN Live. We bring you guests from all around the world. As you can see, I'm wearing my hat. It's what I usually wear when I'm walking around. And tonight, I don't want my guests to feel out of place by being the only cowboy in the room. Uh, plus, he comes from more than 1,500 miles away, uh, way over in Wyoming. Now, where he's from and what his story is, you can ask. Well, let's take a look at this first. I have a little clip for you. The state of Wyoming, where the untamed spirit of the West and majestic natural beauty come together. Few other states embody the true grit of the American cowboy like Wyoming does. Here, they can boast a favorite son. His name is Father Bryce Lundgren. They call him the cowboy priest. He's a fifth generation rancher forged on his grandparents' farm near the base of the Bighorn National Forest. Being a cowboy is part of how this country was founded, this rugged determination and light-hearted way of going through life and enjoying it. I always feel it embodies a lot of the virtues that we should have as Christians in our walk with Christ. You know, going all in with Him, sacrificing ourselves. That's part of the cowboy way. Here to tell us more about how we can find peace and purpose on the brunt called life. Please welcome the author of a book, The Cowboy Catholic Way, Father Bryce Lundgren. Father Bryce, welcome. Thanks, Good Father to Mitch. have you here. It's an honor to be here, truly an honor. This is not our first meeting. Uh, Y'all hosted me at your parish uh, out in Gillette, Wyoming. Yeah. And I'd been there before, mm -hmm. a great place, but you weren't uh, assigned there yet. Uh, but going back, we had a good time. And both times I've been out there, I've been mm -hmm. able to get out and round up some cattle you know, on horseback and ride out there. And just a, that, to, for someone like me growing up in the city, it's really fun. But for you, it's normal life. Yeah, it's, it is our way of life. Ranching is a large part of the lifestyle there in Wyoming. So Gillette, Wyoming is where I'm stationed. I'm associate pastor there at mm -hmm. St. Matthew's. And yeah, it was a great treat. You came out two years ago, gave that retreat, and then we went and uh, saddled up, rounded up a, a few cows with some friends of ours, and yep. it, was, it was a great day. It's always a treat. It really is. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And for people who have seen the uh, uh, movie uh, Close Encounters of a Third Kind, the mountain where they do that, that's on the way over to... Devil's where Tower. You grace, yeah, yep. Devil's Tower. Yep. It's on the way over to where... Uh, you graze your cattle. It is, and that's also on my mission circuit. So as associate right. pastor, right. And we have St. Matthew's there in Gillette, and we also have three mission churches in that northeast corner of the state of Wyoming. So on a on a typical Sunday for me, that's a 200-mile loop. Yeah. So Going from one church to yeah, another. Yeah, just hitting them all, celebrating Mass. It's a great... I enjoy it. I love that kind of life. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's well, And for one thing, you're driving through low traffic, and high-level mm -hmm. beauty. Yeah, no, you It's can. just wonderful out there. Yeah, it's great. I love Wyoming. The book you, you wrote is something that everybody from every kind of way of life can use to think about. Mm -hmm. You talk about 
elements of our Christian faith that living the life of ranching and farming mm -hmm. uh, out in Wyoming brings you to reflect and understand various moments of the, the important parts of Christian life. Uh, and your book is wonderfully written. It's very practical. It's, I see it as filled with a lot of wisdom that comes from reflection, yeah. you know, and there's plenty of that to do when, when you're outside and just you and the cattle. For you sure. know, so <laughs> they, they don't raise up too many conversations. Yeah. So this is a, a good thing. What do you mean when you say that there's a Catholic cowboy way? Well, sure. It, you know, the, there's a saying in the West, the, the cowboy way. That's just the cowboy way. You know, we, we talk, you know, it gets tossed out a lot. It's just how we do it. So the, the image there is uh, kind of baptized in the, cow, the cowboy way, the Catholic cowboy way. So taking those same virtues of the cowboy way, just using them in our discipleship with Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, how do, we, how do we follow Christ with that same vigor and, and same zeal and loyalty and determination is more or less the, the meaning of the title of the book. You know, it is a way of life and our, our, uh, our Catholicism is a way of life as well. So I, I feel like the two kind of go hand in hand. They do. Well, the, one of the points you bring up again and again is that there are a series of virtues mm -hmm. in this cowboy way. You know, mm -hmm. that, uh, and, and it's not virtues that are just sort of rolling on a bed. There's tough work mm -hmm. and a lot of learning and a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. that get made to, to do cowboy. And that's one of the key things that you apply here. What are those virtues yeah. that we can see that resonate with the faith and learning how to live it? Sure. Yeah, it was a super fun project. I, I loved writing the book, and it fell into my lap, and I was, I was really happy to kind of take a swing at it. But one thing I'd say is, is writing is a discovery of meaning. You know, as you, as you kind of get into something like this, you, you unearth things that you never even saw before. And, mm -hmm. and I, I had a broad overview of where I wanted to go, but is one thing in the department you're talking about are the virtues. Uh, I kind of think, what are, what are the, you know, I always say I can wear my Roman collar anywhere in the world and people would recognize it. I can also wear my cowboy hat anywhere in the world and people would recognize yeah. it. Like, what are, the, what are the virtues that make Jesus and the cowboy kind of admirable in a sense? And I, it's what I call childlike seriousness. And yeah, yeah and it's I think- It's a great phrase. Yeah, I dig it. So, it, you know, what it is is, it's, it's a lighthearted way of getting the job done. You know, we have fun and we work hard, you know, and, and, and they, they go hand in hand because there is a lot of work and determination and whatnot that goes into ranching, but there's also a lightheartedness that, that comes with, I think, just our connection to nature, honestly, and knowing yep. that we're a part of something way bigger than ourselves. So I, I think with uh, the Cowboy Way has that and the Catholic way should have that, but often we can get kind of, you know, up in the air, like the, everything depends on me when we're called to stay calm and cool in our, in our relationship with God our Father, you know? One of the, two of the problems that 
I see and, and I hear a lot of other folks comment on is that one, people take themselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. And they, because they don't have a big enough perspective on life, and you bring that out, God mm -hmm. gives you perspective. The Catholic faith gives you a wider perspective. And if you're all focused on yourself, mm -hmm. you, you take yourself way too yeah. seriously. And the lighthearted quality isn't there. The mm -hmm. second element that I see going on in our culture is a fragility. You know, so that uh, I'm, you know, there's a, a lot of glass menagerie personalities out there mm -hmm. that they have all these spiky pieces of glass coming out of them and they break very easily. Oh, that's yeah. not my pronoun. That's an aggression. Whereas on the ranch, your pronoun is the least of your words. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a job to do. Sure, you know, in, in the the whole purpose of the book is how do we follow Christ? I mean, Jesus shows us the way here. So he, I feel like he had a lighthearted way. I mean, you know, he, he was so focused on his relationship with the Father that other people's opinions didn't matter to him. But he also had what I call an eternal perspective. I mean, he shot way past this life into eternity. And so the good, bad, and ugly of what he experienced in this world was kind of a blimp a dot on the on the map you know it mm -hmm. was it, he it was part of something a lot bigger which was eternal life mm -hmm. and i feel like that's kind of the attitude we need to adopt as christians and we can't because we we've, we've been baptized man we're part of this body of christ that's both in heaven and on earth so we can have that freedom of children even though there's a mission to accomplish there's work to be done so our lord shows us the way i feel yeah yeah, I, along with that, one, one of my favorite chapters mm -hmm. is, you know, where you talk about working for the brand. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Yeah, riding for the brand. Yep, it's another cowboy phrase for sure. Uh, you know, brands are the identify, you know, identity marker that you burn into a cow's hide to kind of show ownership. But it also is kind of the symbol of the ranch. It's kind of the image of what we're about, who we mm -hmm. ride for. So I, riding for the brand, that phrase, first of all, has to do with loyalty. It has to do with, I'm loyal to this outfit, whether it's my own brand or the outfit's brand that I'm working for. But it's also a, a focal point of, it's an image of my mission. And I feel like our, our Lord had a brand as well, like the cross. He talked about it all the time. It meant a lot, I mean, he. He meant it in a literal context, but he also meant it in a, in a, he used it in different ways, but it also symbolized this, his mission, this thing I'm working for. So we all have brands in ranch world that, you know, we, we put on everything, we put it on our belt, we put it on a calf, everything, you know, but it does have that symbol of loyalty. So my deal with how we should ride for the brand is to ride for the kingdom of God, is to make that our brand, that our mission, to work with the same loyalty and determination that we were for the ranch's brand, but for the ranch in heaven, you know, the kingdom of God. And you talk about uh, the, the one brand design that I just was fascinated mm -hmm. with, 
the rock in uh, key <laughs> row. Yeah. Uh, key is the uh, key is the Greek letter that uh -huh. the beginning of uh -huh. uh, Christ's name. Yeah. And row is the second letter. Yeah. The, uh, the equivalent of R. And they're oftentimes, in our churches mm -hmm. typically have that. Yep. But you talk about as a, a rocking uh, key row. What do you mean by yeah. that? Yeah, so we have that, that brand you're describing. It's actually a registered brand for the Diocese of Cheyenne, and I helped draw it up and get it registered. So it's, it's the, you say, key row for sure, man. You pronounce it right. Uh, but we also just put a quarter circle under it. It's a common symbol in brands. So when you, when you look at that, you've got the the chi in the row, and then just a quarter circle under it. And what's beautiful about that, and I'd say, for me, it symbolizes three things. And it would be, first, uh, I call it the rock in Cairo. You know, Jesus rocks. Like, the whole point of the Catholic cowboy way is to, like, boot out the idea that Christianity is lame. You know, following Christ is, is an adventure, man. So it, it, it rocks, you know. It's, 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 a, it's what we're looking for in life. Mm -hmm. So th then the other thing I'd say that it symbolizes kind of like a, a, a smiling Cairo. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it uh, looks like a smiling face under it. Christ came to bring joy to our lives. And I, and I, look, at, I look at the saints and like the, the wrinkles of the saints come from smiling, not from worrying. You know, I've never seen a more beautiful smile than on the face of St. Mother Teresa. Yeah. Such, a, such a beauty. So, uh, you know, following Christ gives us joy. You know, it's another symbol of that brand. And I'd say the third one is, is am I in the boat with Christ? You know, and it, you know, that, that quarter circle under that, that symbol, the Cairo, it, it's kind of like, not only it, I would say, am I in Christ's boat? Am I in communion with the Catholic Church? Am I in a state of grace? And if so, be at peace. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what the waters are doing around us. If I'm in Christ's boat, we're going to make it to the other side, eternal life. If I'm not, you know, good luck, you know, it's tough. But we can have the assurance as Catholics is we're in a full state of grace with the Catholic Church, be at peace. And I, I kind of feel like the rock in Cairo is a symbol of that, a reminder of it. Yeah, and, and one of the things, too, is that, you know, cowboys, as you point out, mm -hmm. usually do not own their own ranch. Mm -hmm. You know, they often work for somebody else, but they grow into the commitment Mm -hmm. to the ranch, that mm -hmm. they, they start to believe in the brand, they, mm -hmm. they work for it, and it's more than working for the money, it's, mm -hmm. it's this is my duty, my responsibility, and you become committed to that. Sure. And this Rock in Cairo also emphasizes how Jesus is the center. If he's not the center of what we're doing, we're also going to get distracted. Sure. Sure. All over the place. And it, it's also a symbol of love because we're, you know, we're meant to give of ourselves for a cause outside of ourselves, you know. And mm -hmm. if I'm just, and I'm nothing against riding for your own brand. I got plenty of relatives that have their own ranch. But, but there is that notion of, of working for something greater than myself, like the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So that's a, it's a, another image too, for sure. Yeah, this, this is a, a very important part of this cowboy way that you are make that commitment mm -hmm. and stay faithful. Yeah. One of the other elements that you develop in there is that is issue of having confidence and faith. Uh, talk mm -hmm. about that yeah. aspect as you well. You know, it might be in a chapter called the, 
the church needs more cowboys. Yes. Right? And it, it's kind of a fun chapter. I like that chapter, it's, uh, yeah. It's where I get to quote a lot of country music, you know, so I <laughs> always say country music speaks to my soul. But yep. my one buddy, and he he come and grew up just down the road from us in, in Gillette there, but he's, old Chancey Williams got a song that says, the world needs more cowboys, right? Yeah. And it's a phrase, it's the University of Wyoming's phrase, but I'd say the world needs more Catholic cowboys, right? And, and I agree, I think so too. Uh, you know, and what would I say those, those virtues are that really symbolize both the cowboy that we can then incorporate into like our Catholic way of life? And I would say confidence and courage, and courage most of all. Mm-hmm. I mean, fear has got to be the biggest detriment to living the Christian life. I mean, Jesus said over and over again, do not be afraid, right? So, I mean, he said that because evidently we struggle with it. I think that's true. We said it to the apostles when they were afraid. (laughs) So it's it's a real aspect of human life, I'll say that. But I would also say that, like, it can be dealt with. Like, fear can be handled. And I'd say it takes a little discipline. But really, fear, fear is an emotion, right? It's not meant to do our thinking. It's an instinctual, instinctual device that the Lord built into us to act, not think. So I'm always like, hey, if a, if a grizzly is running you down, you know, don't think, act, you know. But all too often in our disordered kind of human nature, you know, fear rises up and it starts doing our thinking for us. And it's not meant to reason. Like reason is supposed to, okay, thanks for the information. Now is it, is that really a grizzly bear or is that a stump? You know, I yeah. make the de- decision there. Mm-hmm. So we've got to kind of exercise that little bit of grit and be like, whoa, all right, is, is this fear worth following? If not, no, you know, and I think it needs to be dealt with. And the cowboy way can help us deal with fear. And this is another aspect of our contemporary culture. I, I think we saw this during COVID mm-hmm. that, you know, there were forces in the government to make us afraid Mm-hmm. Some of the states, like Michigan's governor in California, if you went to church, the police were out in the parking lot mm-hmm. taking down your license plate, yeah. and we're reporting you and giving you a fine for going to church. Yeah. Now, the liquor stores, of course, got to be open, mm-hmm. and the marijuana yeah. stores got to be But if you go to church, mm-hmm. and people were, and a lot, of, a lot of us would be afraid, you know, mm-hmm. afraid of COVID, and again, that's like the grizzly. But mm-hmm. then there was this added fear from government pressure and government shutdowns in order to control us. That's what they were up to, is yeah. control. And this is not the way that you do as a cowboy. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of control by other folks through fear is what the cowboy counteracts. Sure. Yeah, and I'd say how you deal with fear or how I've, a a rational way of dealing with fear is balance it against the backdrop of truth and the fullness of truth. Right. The devil is happy to sell us partial truths and it's that little partial that that you're focused on without seeing the whole picture. I would agree, COVID was a prime example of how do we, you know, really uh, test this fear with the backdrop of truth. And, and And I think it was a prime example and I would just, there, there was plenty of opportunity to do that, but if we just balance it with the fullness of truth, whether it be I'm struggling with an illness or what, it really 
levels the playing field and fear doesn't it doesn't become this big ball of fire that I have to deal with it's it's more of a, okay it is a factor but there's still hope in whatever the situation now if it's a grizzly you know turn around or stop and fight you know but mm -hmm. if it's just something I'm fear of the future balance it with the fullness of truth well, one of the areas in which you yourself didn't deal let, let fear stop you mm -hmm. uh, is when you're riding Bronx, you know, busting Bronx in the rodeo. Mm -hmm. Let's take mm -hmm. a look at this okay. clip of you doing that. Let's do it. Well, looks like he's getting ready to go. Bucket shoot number six. We'll look for the nine. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's not easy. It's not, um, and that was, you know, that's that's definitely one way of facing your fears, you know, and and it, it can take all shapes and, and forms. But um, I don't know that I was uh, too scared, but it was it was certainly a joy. And it, and it, you know, a situation like that, I always say like confidence comes from experience, you know. And the more more times you do something, not even just that, but things that are. Uh, similar, the more you confidence you gain from that experience. So it, it was a fun experience, I'll say. It, it was, but you also made a point in your book mm -hmm. that it's better to get on the bronc mm -hmm. and ride, and even if you're thrown off, mm -hmm. you know, and you learn from that, that's better mm -hmm. than being on the sidelines crying that yeah. nothing good ever happens. Well, the subtitle of the book is Finding Peace and Purpose on the Bronx Called Life. And, mm -hmm. and life is a, it's a ride, and it's not always an easy ride. But if we can stay in the saddle of right relationship with the Father, it, it can be a joyful ride. And we can learn from experience. So you, you learn when you hit the dirt. The dirt teaches you something yep. for sure. And, uh, but, but I think a lot of frustration can come when you when you expect to, everything to just be a smooth ride. And when it's not, you get you get flustered yeah well yeah work work toward work against it but in the end it it's not an easy ride yep. so i always say yeah you can uh you, you can learn to ride and enjoy it or you can sit in the sidelines and cry you know i choose to saddle up yep exactly mm -hmm. you know it's not fun i've been thrown to and that's part of what happens but mm -hmm. you know you just have to keep moving along yep now you're also taming colts these days so what I've done, I have two horses, and I've started both of them with the help of others. So this, this ride we're seeing here is, a, is, is the first ride on this colt. This horse could have been just as bronchy as that last one I got on, but we worked with her, and we settled her down. And, and, not, and she was, you know, good. But, you know, me sitting in this saddle looks a lot better than me in the last saddle, right? <laughs> so I call this the saddle of sonship. You know, yeah. this, this is sitting in right relationship with God as we're going through life. You know, it's, it's in control, and it's not just I'm in control. I'm working in unison with the horse. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, like, it's an image of, like, working together with my faculties, like my human factal, faculties, whether it's the emotions or my will or intellect, whatever. I'm, I'm in control. We're working together. And and it comes first from right relationship with God. So that's what I'm doing these days. I, I don't do it often, but I, 
that starting horses like satisfied all my rodeo desires. Yeah, yeah nice, nice. I'd, I'd much rather teach a horse not to buck than try to stay on a horse that is bucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, and one of the things that, again, as I was reading your book, I thought, you know, everybody in the various different walks of life can reflect on their experiences. Uh, if they're, you know, working mm -hmm. in the trades mm -hmm. or if they're working in an office, if you have enough reflection on yourself and the perspective that God can give you, mm -hmm. you can reflect on what this all means mm -hmm. and talk about you know, how you live your life in every one of these ways of acting. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, this book, like I say, is a discovery. You know, it says I'm writing, I'm, I'm, I'm learning things. And one of them that I would say that I, that I learned, like the, on the first page is kind of key to the whole book is, is life is an analogy of our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that's what you're getting at. Exactly. Is that, it's, you know, the book is not just for cowboys and it's not to try to make people into cowboys, but it's to, it's, yeah, it's to take whatever your gig is and to look at it at a, at a deeper spiritual level that like this points to something bigger. This is like the spiritual life, you know, riding a bronc is like the spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And we can do that in whatever walk of life we do. I think it takes that stepping back and, mm -hmm. and reflecting like mm -hmm. you're saying. So, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was something to come out in the book, and really it is that interpretive key. But I think, I hope, people can learn to kind of do that with their own lives and to see how the Lord does speak to them personally just in their everydayness. Yeah, I think uh, that sense of life being an analogy mm -hmm. for our relationship with God mm -hmm. and finding that, that's exactly what Jesus our Lord did with the parables. With the parables, for he sure. He had parables about fishermen. Mm -hmm. He had parables about farmers. Mm -hmm. He had parables about women making bread, mm -hmm. uh, people planting mustard seeds. Mm -hmm. I, there, there are all kinds of these parables. And this is something that, again, is possible only if you gain that bigger perspective good point. on who God is. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, and our relationship with him, you know, yep. yeah, for sure. And it, it it takes that that stance of 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 not just going throughout your day, but you know, what's what Socrates say: the unreflected life is not worth living. Yep. You know, so to to really take that step back and, and translate it into something bigger, and let the Lord speak to you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is important. Then you know, I've. Uh, always, uh, since I can remember, you know, three years old, um, like, like you mentioned there, my mm -hmm. heroes have been cowboys. Mm -hmm. For you, it was yeah. the cowboys you grew up with. Your grandfather, sure. you talk about him a mm -hmm. lot. And some yeah. of the other cowboys you, you knew uh, personally. For me, mm -hmm. it was, you know, as a city kid, you know, just observing that but saying mm -hmm. there's something to this. There's a set of virtues mm -hmm. that I want to imitate. Yeah. And this is a very important way of life. Uh, that, I think that was always my attraction. Yeah. Yeah. 
second chapter, maybe it's the first chapter. My heroes have always been cowboys. And yeah, I talk about the cowboys in my life, how they inspired me. But I, what, I, what I mean by that is that we learn by example. We live by example. We learn by example. And so the people we choose to run with is who we become, you know, for good or ill. Mm-hmm. You know, St. Paul would say that bad company corrupts good morals. Yep. Right? And it, so it's true. We, we become who we run with. Mm-hmm. And if we choose to, you know, and run with good folks, friends, or even those people we admire, we start to take on their virtues. And I would say, like, my life made a distinctive shift when Jesus became my main role model. When I started to learn about him and the Gospels and take seriously my experience at Mass, I started to kind of follow his way. Now, then I started to take on his mannerisms, started to become Christian, mm-hmm. started to really discover myself in a sense. So, yeah, again, those cowboy virtues and experiences are translatable into our walk with Christ, who ultimately leads us to our fullest self and ultimately leads us to the Father, right, relationship with Him and home to heaven in the end. You wrote about the good example of your uncle when you Mm -hmm. were working on his ranch and Mm -hmm. going to Sunday Mass was an option for you for the first time away from yeah, home, yeah. but it wasn't an option for him. <laughs> I dug it. Yeah, and I tell you what, it was probably one of the most determining moments in my life, or uh, decisive, maybe. But yeah, I woke up that first Sunday, you know, and my parents raised me right. We went to Mass all the time, but yeah, now the ball is in my court. And I remember waking up thinking, well, I guess it's up to me whether I want to go to Mass. And uh, pretty soon I just hear a knock on the door, uh, a camper door come on, let's go to Mass, you know, and, and I went. But he also lived his faith. And so not only did I make this right step to go to Mass that first Sunday, but also I, I watched him live his Catholic faith. And that then again inspired me to take this seriously yep. and, to, and to go to mass the, ne- mass the next Sunday. It was on my own after that, but he set the precedence, and I'm forever thankful. Well, another thing that you and I have talked about uh, a couple times is the importance of starting to listen to EWTN, that you needed some more formation. Mm-hmm. Let's take mm-hmm. a look at a clip that you had talked mm-hmm. about this before. Yep. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic. Just a few miles from the ranch in the town of Warland, a low power radio station made out of a used shipping container broadcasts EWTN programming into the heart of the Bighorn Basin. Father Bryce and his dad built the station by hand. When he was in his early 20s, he was introduced to Catholic radio. What he heard was the catalyst that inspired him to learn more about his faith and eventually become a priest. I turned it on, tuned in, and I couldn't believe what I heard. It was the truth. It was sinking in and taking root in my heart. And then the desire for the priesthood began to well up. And eventually, you know, in prayer, the Lord broke through and, and revealed to me that call to the priesthood, which I was given the grace to leave the ranch and to go to seminary. Well, mom and dad taught me how to be a son. You know, that's, that's significant. My MO is I'm a son before I'm a father, meaning it's imperative that I live out of my baptismal identity as a son, which then fuels my priestly vocation to be a father. Father Bryce says the spiritual life is like a bucking bronco. 
It'll dump you in a hurry if you're not careful. But if you keep your mind in the saddle of sonship, you can ride it forever. I trust him and he's fulfilled my every desire better than I could ever imagine. That video clip of Father Bryce and the other ones that we were showing you in this program are from an interview that the Marians of the Immaculate Conception produced for their EWTN series, mm -hmm. Living Divine Mercy. Now, that aired back in March of this year, so now you're less and less of a stranger mm -hmm. to our own EWTN yeah. family. You're yeah, become part of part of this family as well. So it's good to have you on this. And and I, I know that. Um, you're, uh, we were just up at the shrine yesterday. I do Bible study for the sisters. And, you know, they were saying that they can't keep your book in there. They just, just had, we're down to one copy already and mm -hmm. at the order more. So it's, it's something that's resonating about mm -hmm. being able to reflect on life. And I want to let people know that you have a, um, a blog that people can go check out. Yep. Uh, it's wyomingcatholiccowboys.com, wyomingcatholiccowboys.com. We need to take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes, so please stay with us, and we'll look, take a look at some of your questions and comments as well. talking with Father Bryce Lundgren about his book, which is called The Catholic Cowboy Way, Finding Peace and Purpose on the Bronx Called Life. Now, this book is available at EWTNRC.com, where it is item number 8069, 8069. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a good read and, uh, and got some great, great points in it. So hopefully you'll get a hold of that. Ready for some questions? Let's do it. Let's start off with Anastasia, who is in the great state of Ohio. Anastasia, what's going on? Hi. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> um, I thought I recognized Father. I saw him on that episode of um, uh, Living Divine Mercy. But my question is this. Uh, when he was talking about, you know, taming that horse so that you can ride it, I had heard a while back about horse whisperers. And instead of forcing themselves on these horses, they gain their trust, they gain their curiosity, and they kind of, you know, kind of interrelate with them like another horse would. And they get their trust. Now, my question is, is can you, does he do that? And does he have some kind of a correlation between 
um, how you do that with a horse and how you might use that same technique with, like, teenagers or people <laughs> who might not be, well, you know, or people Very who true. might be kind of standoffish or maybe a little bit, you know, leery about religion or, you know, talking about, I mean, is there is there anything that he has addressed in his book that would kind, or grandchildren for that matter, <laughs> I just wondered if there was anything that he had uh, experienced from painting horses that he might use on that Bronco life as he talks about it. Thank you, ma'am. So what do you got about skittish horses and skittish Mm. kids? Well, I think one of the greatest analogies to use, whether it's in our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, or even our relationship within ourselves is the horse and rider relationship. And yeah, you're right. The old way of, of... Taming a horse was breaking it. You know, I broke a horse. And, and it, it wasn't always this way, but it probably does go back to a bit of breaking its spirit, teaching it out of fear. And that was an old way, and, and, it, and it worked, but it wasn't the way we do it now. The way we do it now, it's called starting a horse. You're really using a round pin, and you, you teach it to trust you. A horse is a, it's a prey animal, so it, it sees you as a mountain lion. So you, you've got to teach it that I'm, I'm a safe place. And it's also a herd animal, so it wants to follow. So you teach it authority, hey, I'm worth following, you can trust me. And that does take discipline. I mean, it's not an, an easy endeavor, but yes, you're, you're gaining this relationship. You're gaining this relationship with the round pin. Then when I swing on this back, it's just translatable to that. Okay, yeah, you can use that analogy in so many ways, and I would say, I have a cousin that's doing this hardcore with young troubled boys, and he's doing a beautiful job. And he kind of illustrates our our relationship with God in that, that sometimes we're running from God. We're scared of God. God does use authority, but he teaches us out of out of love. And when we can surrender, God's worth following, right? I would use it, let's just take another example like you mentioned, our relationship with the, with each other. My buddy who helped me start that last horse you saw there, uh, Paul is a is a, an excellent father and teacher, and a lot of that comes from his horse training skills, being able to exercise authority that's just, it's not, it, it's out of love, it's not out of fear, and get gaining kids' trust. That comes from horse training. What I like about the horse analogy relationship is, is actually working within myself, like gaining control of my own faculties, growing in virtue, that I actually, I, I, teach or treat myself with respect, I suppose, but also discipline it. No, my, my reason has authority, not my passions. You know, they're, they, they're used, they're good when they're used according to their proper purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to take those same skills of starting a horse and not just, you know, um, being domineering out of fear, but out of trust. Then when you get it right, then, then there's a synergy, you know, then there's a relationship, whether it's with God or with kids or within ourselves. I think the, not only just the analogy, but, but working with horses teaches you that. It's a great gift. It is. It, yeah. And they uh, have an, an amazing relationship with humans. They also pick up a lot from us. Mm-hmm. They can read our personalities a lot of ways. You know, if I remember we did a show years ago, uh, about 20 years ago now, uh, of folks who were doing therapy with horses, 
and people who were autistic, mm -hmm. some who were blind and deaf. Mm -hmm. And it was the horses that would pick the kid. Yeah. More than the kid picking the horse. Mm, yeah, it's off the they, charts. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a, they just have a, a great mm -hmm. sense. They know who they can work with and who can work with them. And there's some cool elements of horses. Yeah, when the first horse I started, I was telling a friend that I was going to start this horse, and and he was a it was my, my horse chief, and he was he was a wild brumby, and uh, she said, "Oh, that's so great! You're going to learn so much about yourself." I was like. It's so true, man. A, a, a horse is honest. It'll it'll show you yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love them. We have a question from our studio audience, mm -hmm. sir. Where are you from? I'm from Cupper's Cove, Texas. See, you got someone from the Republic. That's great. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I myself uh, am a convert to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask your advice for you know I have friends who are not Catholic mm -hmm. that may be discerning to join in full communion with the church. I would like to ask your advice on what type of ed what advice you would have in applying the virtues that are in your book uh, to their current walk or their discernment into coming into full communion with the church. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, life's a journey, man. We're, we're all at different stages on it, you know, and I've, I've been greatly influenced by non-Catholic Christians, you know, but I, but I would say that Catholicism is the fullness of Christianity. You know, that, that may not may not mean that we do it all perfectly, but we, we've got it all for sure. Yeah. So what, you know, I mean, like I say, we're all on that journey. I do feel like the book, it's been read by a lot of non-Catholics and man, they come back for more. So it's not in your face kind of stuff, but yeah, I love Catholicism, man. It's got all the dimensions we're looking for. And I'd say what some of them are, the liturgical life that we're able to actually, uh, tangibly encounter Christ, you know, through our senses. Uh, the notion of the communion of saints, very rich. You know, the magisterium, that we've got this teaching authority to help guide us. So, man, I'd, I'd encourage anybody to take an honest look at Catholicism. You know, a lot of people that aren't Catholic have preconceived ideas about what Catholicism mm -hmm. is, but I don't back down, man. It's the fullness of Christianity, and I love it. And one of the things that I've noticed as a pattern is that when folks come from the other denominations and churches to Catholicism, I don't ever come across them saying, I hate the old yeah. church I was in. Yeah. They, uh, that, that denomination is the whore Babylon. Yeah, that is so absurd. Mm -hmm. they, Catholic folks who convert keep all that goodness that they already mm. had, the love of scripture, good singing sometimes, sometimes better hymns, mm -hmm. and they bring all of that, plus they gain all these elements of fullness, as you say. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's a, 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 a quiet and easy acceptance of mm. their past and integration with a bigger view uh, there's so there yeah. being so much more. I hear that constantly from yeah. converts. No, it's awesome. I I love converts. They help us appreciate what we already have, as Scott and Honored said. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Ma'am, where are you from? Connecticut. Good to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Um, we were showing some photos of mm -hmm. you with some youth from your parish, mm -hmm. and I was wondering if you had begun any programs and. Um, 
just how they've responded to the Catholic cowboy way. Awesome, great idea. I'd love to do something like that. The youth on my, are on my heart probably most of all as, as all of us, mm -hmm. uh, for all of us they are. And I'd say uh, if I were to have one group of kids I'd love to catch, it'd be the, the young man maybe just out of high school. I mean, there you get to make the decision. You know, there you get to, uh, you know, choose, do I go to Mass or not go to Mass? Yeah. But also, in those young ages, you've got the fire, man. You want to give yourself for something. You know, so if you can just steer them in that right direction of giving your all mm -hmm. for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Now, I do do a lot of work with, with um, uh, youngsters, for sure, and I'd love to get them to, uh, you know, to think about this stuff for sure. I don't have any formal programs or anything. It'd be, maybe something will come out of it. This whole venture is new to me, so uh, we'll see where it goes. But no, it's definitely a, a book I give to, to kids a lot, and they seem to respond well to it. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, again, there's something uh, about, uh, in particular, young men that want to challenge and want mm -hmm. a, a certain kind of a certain amount of danger sure. and risk mm -hmm. but you know with a, a certain amount of you know keeping it sensible you, you know th that that combination of you know mm -hmm. risk you don't want to go so far as to say hold my beer and watch this mm -hmm. you know you don't you don't want to go that route yeah. that's, that's, that's that's something it's that, part of the growing up process yeah, yeah you you learn that there are risks mm -hmm. that you need to take challenges you have to mm -hmm. it's not a safe world you don't stay safe and comfortable every moment you get into uncomfortable and challenging issues mm -hmm. and in in the church today it's not all about everybody being nice. Mm -hmm. It's getting into a number of issues mm -hmm. where there are a lot of bad people out there. We've seen that movie uh, about human trafficking of children. Mm -hmm. You know, this, th there's some bad hombres out there. They're, yep. they're still worse than cattle rustlers mm -hmm. when they do something like that. Oh, man. And this is where standing up and learning that cowboy way as yeah. a Catholic, mm -hmm. to be able to take on the danger is important. For sure. You know, the one, the one word I use there on the subtitle is finding purpose in life. Mm -hmm. You know, and man, we're all hungering for that. And, and a lot of youngsters are like, I don't even know if they're asking the question. I didn't ask it till later in life. I mean, it was really after like 9-11 that it was like, you know, it kind of shook my world. What is my purpose in life? And you know, God created me. He must have a mission for me to accomplish. And if you could think that way and you can kind of steer that ship in the right direction, now you got that goal. Now you're, now you're properly oriented. And, and youngster kids hunger for that, you know, mm -hmm. and we all do. But if you can tap into it at a young age, you know, what's my mission, my vocation mm -hmm. in life? Mm -hmm. then, you, then you exert all the energy and the zeal and passion and skill towards that. And it's you know, for the glory of God, as well as building up his kingdom. Yep, yep. Now, this is a, a very important part. And, uh, and I think, too, to see, you know, we, we live in a world that's not only got some bad folks, you know, Christ himself 
talked about how he was bringing the kingdom of God. But that's not just a nice thing. It's not some political mm -hmm. platform or any such foolishness. Mm -hmm. It is a direct invasion of the kingdom of darkness and Satan. Mm -hmm. That he, Christ came into that conflict and he loves people enough to rescue them from the evil and from the evil one. Mm -hmm. His deception, his murder, all this. And Christ wants us to join him in that battle. That's just awesome. the other Monday we celebrated the Feast of St. Ignatius Loyola. Mm -hmm. He talked about this. You have two kingdoms, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of Christ. Which one are you going to serve? Yeah. And that's, uh, this is part of this same yeah. decision making. Yeah, our Lord um, said himself, he said, I came not to bring peace, but the sword. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy walk out there, but it's a good one when we follow him and he yeah. shows us how to do it. Yeah. One other thing too that uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to bring out, mm -hmm. you know, when I was out there with you, we were rounding up cattle mm -hmm. and they were up above the ridge rock and we had mm -hmm. to go find them. Mm -hmm. And then when we found them, we brought them down and loaded them up. Mm -hmm. uh, and you use that to help feed folks who are not doing so well financially. Mm -hmm. I have a little clip that we want to show about sure. that. Since 2019, Gillette, Wyoming has been where Father Bryce calls home. He now serves as the associate pastor at St. Matthew's Catholic Church. Probably the most challenging part of my role as a priest is, is the office work. I'm not a desk job priest. Right now I'm blessed to be able to complement that with some hands-on ministry as well. What's up, Claire? Hey, Father Rice, how's it going? Good, yourself? Good. Not all priests are able to do that, I and mean, there's, there's a huge need out there, so I'm very okay. thankful for the gift I currently have. Seeing that need, Father Bryce wanted to reach outside the walls of the church. He decided to use his experience as a rancher to help feed his community. He opened up a small butcher shop out of a semi-trailer, and now he provides quality fresh meat at a reduced cost to those who are in need. On average, I, I butcher 20 cows a year. You know, part of being a father is about providing. And me as a priest, as a spiritual father, I provide spiritually through the sacraments. But I'm also able to do that like humanly. There's so much joy that comes with, you know, cutting steak that I know somebody's gonna enjoy this. I mean, I, I gladly work late into the night, not for money, but for love. You know, love propels that. When you can like complete that chain of like putting meat onto somebody's plate, now that's that's fun, you know. That's that's ranching. Yeah, yeah. That was part of the fun of doing that with yep. you, because you know we went to the trailer where you <clears throat> yep. do that work, and mm -hmm. you know, some of the stuff I do myself with some uh, sure. that I hunt and all that. So this is this yeah. is a lot of fun stuff. It's a great gift, and and I, you know, that's just an example of following your heart's desire. Lord, place, I don't know, something. In, in that realm of running a few cows just on my heart. And then when I got into it, I thought, man, it'd be great to be able to use these critters to feed people. And I remembered that Wyoming passed a, a law that allows a producer to cut and distribute his own meat. 
So I don't, I don't sell beef. I'm not a commercial customer cutter. But if there's plenty of people that are on my herd that have a, a share in the herd, as the law says, that can now, I can now distribute homegrown beef to. And it does allow me to help, help people in need to, to some degree. I can't uh, distribute it through the church necessarily. It's a kind of a private endeavor, but it, it really complements my vocation as a priest. I mean, as I've said before, I'm a, I'm a son before I'm a father. Not that the two are distinct, they complement each other, but I, I live out of this sonship of who the Lord has created me in this sense of, you know, cowboy nature that I can then serve well as a priest. And, and one, you know, one of my kind of favorite things to say is that uh, the more you love, the more you're able to love. And I mean, I, I find that just raising cattle and then butchering them, knowing that people I love are going to eat this meat, that fuels you, man. And it fuels you to do a good job. It gives purpose to when we go up and chase cows. I, I just honestly love it. And, and the beauty of it, the beauty of that proper ordering, it fuels my vocation. Yep. You know, I mean, I can, I mean, I come up with more homilies in the butcher shop than anywhere. You know, I'm just, I'm in, I'm in the saddle. I'm thinking, you yeah. know, and, and it's natural. So when you live out of that right relationship with God, it, it serves our mission well. And that, that little butcher endeavor is a great gift for me and for the people it serves. All right. Well, that's, that sounds like a good thing. Again, it was a lot of fun to, to be part of that. Uh, just a little yeah. bit that I did, and um, you know, right. It's also very beautiful, um, but yeah. you know that I, it's very much part of the entire gospel that we are supposed to feed the poor. True. And this is the kind of thing that we do. Mm -hmm. So I want to want to thank you first of all for coming all the way from Wyoming. That's a good trek. So it's good to yeah. have you and. Um, introduce you to a little bit where there's lots of waters. Your first mm -hmm. <laughs> first mm -hmm. trip here, you don't always have that much water. And, uh, so you've got plenty of humidity here. Yeah. And again, want to recommend your book. It's called The Catholic Cowboy Way, Finding Peace and Purpose on the Brunt Called Life by Father Bruce Lundgren. It's available at EWTNRC.com or it's item number 80. Uh, 69. So Father Bryce Lundgren is the author of that, and it's a really fun read. Let's give a blessing to the folks. The Lord bless you all and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you, the Father, Son. the Son, the and the Holy Spirit. You know, we can present to you this show and have Father Bryce come over here and do all the other shows that we do only because this network is brought to you by you. Mother Angelica inspired, was inspired to have it done that way. So please keep us in between your gas bill, your electric bill, and your cable bill, and we'll be able to pay all of our bills too. God bless you all, and thank you.